when I said that there's nobody else I'd rather do this pod with, I meant it. Because <laughs> I feel like we, I like that we sort of communicate similarly. It seems like, at least with me, that you're always listening with the intent to understand rather than mm. listening with the intent to respond and I feel like I'm that way too and I feel like mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of at least in, in my experience it seems like a lot of other people listen with the intent to respond and I think that's kind of why we both sometimes have moments of like not always knowing how to respond immediately because yeah. we're listening so intently to <laughs> what the other person is saying and like taking our time to digest it all so when it comes time to respond sometimes it's like oh shit <laughs> it's my turn <laughs> like <laughs> I don't have my thesis prepared um, <laughs> but and no, I think funny. it's cute and it's sweet and and another thing that I find great about you <laughs> Wow, this is so great. <laughs> you do this thing called turning towards, which I heard about recently. It was in a sort of video essay I was listening to. Also, like, 75% of this podcast is going to be me saying, I was listening to this podcast, or, like, <laughs> I was watching this video essay the other day. Like, perfect. <laughs> we get it. I don't read. <laughs> like... <laughs> But it was from, it was on this channel, I believe, called Anna Psychology. She's like a new uh, clinical psychologist. For any of our our YouTube listeners, I will link the video down below because she oh, is going to explain it way better than I can because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a clinical here. psychologist. But <laughs> also, the video is only seven minutes long, so it won't hurt you, oh, I promise. That's great. That's super accessible, actually. <laughs> but yeah. it the video explained what people in relationships that last, romantic and platonic, do to make the relationship last. <laughs> and it she uh, described it as turning towards one another and it can be physical like you know in couples therapy paying attention to their body language like are they sitting next to each other or Mm. on opposite ends of the couch or are they looking at their partner when they're speaking or are they looking elsewhere and then there's also the mental side of it which is essentially just (laughs) simply acknowledging someone's existence (laughs) and it sounds super simple because it is (laughs) (laughs) it's as simple as making eye contact with someone when they're speaking or putting your phone away and out of sight during a conversation or Mm. even saying bless you or gesundheit when the person's (laughs) in the other room it's it's literally just like acknowledging a the other person's existence and the opposite of that is of course turning away which they're kind of like little rejections oh Uh, yeah you know like somebody always on their phone when when you're hanging out or like something 
else always seems to capture their attention more than you when mm. you're you want to say something something like that and when mm. there's more and more of these little rejections that builds up the less inclined you're gonna feel to reach out so it's yes. like little bids for connection so mm-hmm. you know at some point the more you get rejected uh, you're gonna get tired of putting in the effort to turn towards someone who is constantly turning away from you which is why which is why it's so important to remember to turn towards your partner oh wow I bring up this concept because I always feel that you turn towards me <laughs> and I love turning towards you <laughs> oh I love that and I'm also not the only one who thinks that about you because <laughs> <laughs> even my friend was like I just love her she makes me feel so special because it always feels like she's so excited to see me <laughs> and of course like <laughs> Being the territorial bitch that I am, I'm just like, like I want to take that away from him. And be, be like, like that's not. That, yeah, you know. yeah, right. Like you're literally nobody without me. She comes around for me, not you. But I refrain from um, saying stuff like that because I'm never a bitch out loud. <laughs> just in our head and then, yeah. we talk, and then on the podcast yeah. we talk about it yeah. you, you tell everyone your dirty secrets <laughs> you're like, actually yeah. you're like, I would never say that one on one but just so everyone else <laughs> yeah. knows fuck <laughs> also we, uh, we're reclaiming the word bitch for 2023 um, are we? <laughs> I am I, I mean no, no, I don't no. know but... <laughs> Well, more on that later, but if we oh, remember. Okay. <laughs> I'll write it down as like a, I have a little note. <laughs> okay. A notebook. I'm, a note thing. It's called a notebook. A note thing. Ah. Yeah, a note so, thing, you know. Sound like my mom, like literally calling yeah. everything thingy. <laughs> I'm going to drink thing. out of this thingy now. But mm-hmm. instead of being yeah. a bitch out loud, <laughs> I <laughs> I wanted to lean into the idea that he really had a point like at least from what i've seen of how you interact with people you just you really have a gift for making people feel seen and special and you know you're you're always like turning towards them and i just i love that about you because i know i don't do that and like (laughs) but i'm like conscious about it because i make I make the conscious decision to not do that until I feel they've like earned me somehow. Oh, um, yeah. Like mostly me. with men, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah. it makes me feel very special though. <laughs> I feel like you're always like, "Hello," oh. like, turn towards me a lot, and I'm like, "Ooh, <laughs> warm and fuzzy." Yeah, <laughs> a little sweaty about it. Oh <laughs> um, no, I love that, and it makes a lot of sense. And I, well, first of all, thank you for saying all of that I think that's really a kind and lovely reflection to hear and it makes me feel warm and fuzzy and loved and seen and appreciated and that's very very nice 
and I absolutely just like adore you and I adore our dynamic and I also feel like you turn turn towards me a lot and I think we're both pretty <clears throat> good about creating the space together that is more intentional mm-hmm. or it's just very lovely <laughs> it is very lovely it's yes a good and- word <laughs> <laughs> and turning turning towards I love hearing this uh, concept, this idea and I would love to watch this video because it's something that when I do intentionally do with people I try to be aware of how I am interacting with people or how present I am and then two, you'll know if I don't like somebody because I very intentionally turn away from them mm-hmm. I, I literally will like, if there's, if like if we were talking and I didn't like you I would just like, <laughs> I literally will just be like, I'm not. <laughs> I have such a low tolerance for handling people I don't want to be around. And you will know it. <laughs> it's very funny. And you'll always know. like, who. <laughs> and usually I feel like there's one or two people in a space that I'm really drawn to. And you'll know. Because I'm mm-hmm. just... <laughs> yeah. So, like, when I go to your house and there's a bunch of people there. And I generally could i don't know who's there aside from you most of the time i'm like okay, <laughs> okay. no i do love everyone in your house just <laughs> all the boys i love you <laughs> I, do, I do genuinely but pretend they have time to listen to this podcast oh <laughs> pretend they have the capacity they have to time. To <laughs> the capacity not the time you know what they do with their time they yeah. <laughs> sorry boys again i love you <laughs> That is something interesting that you bring up because also it's something when I'm doing relationship coaching and I have a couple, so I do Zoom calls with them mostly. And my preference is to have them on the same call because I do use that, the turning towards each other. So if they're sitting next to each other, I usually ask them to scoot a little closer. Sometimes I'll I'll be like, okay, turn to your, towards your partner and say that and make them talk to each other and make eye contact. Maybe I'll ask like, what would you like from your partner right now? And it could be like a hug or a hand on the leg or um, maybe if someone's doing a little bit too much coddling and they need to like not be touched for a second. So it is something, it's like something I actually utilize with my relationship coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I love, I love hearing it because people really are very readable with their body language. Yeah. And it can be... The slight rejections, when you were talking about the turning away and all the slight rejections, I just had a lot of like, uh, like little stabs in my chest, thinking about times where I've been in relationships where I will try to say something and like the person doesn't listen to me or they're always on their phone or something like that. And at some point it's just like, why would I, why would I bother? Or if I, if whenever I see something, my idea gets shot down more often than not, or not listen to you, or they pick up on the not important part of the sentence. Yeah. It feels like little rejections, and I eventually just start shutting down and shutting down and shutting down more. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to think about it in terms of compounded rejection as well when someone is turning away. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, it's giving me ideas for my couples coaching, because I'm thinking about I do a lot of focusing on the turning towards and I don't necessarily explicitly address the turning away from. Mm. And I think that that could be a really useful tool or just like thought exploration of Mm -hmm. 
when are moments where you feel a little rejected or turned away from and how like what's actually happening in those moments mm-hmm. instead of it feeling like a disconnection and then how can we remedy that so not that you necessarily need to know about my like couples coaching strategies but i'm like this is relevant (laughs) i would love to (laughs) yeah we could talk about some stuff at some point i actually wrote down this note from um i had a session yesterday with a new client and we're talking about he wants to be more attractive to people to women or like attract more women that's one of the things that we're working on and so I thought of an interesting thing for us to talk about at some point would be what makes someone attractive. And I would like to have mm-hmm. maybe a couple of question prompts and for us to go through them. Cause I, I think that's interesting cause it can be kind of elusive and also not elusive at the same time, mm-hmm. but I'd love to hear your ideas about it. We don't have to talk about it now, but on my that note thing, interesting. Yeah. and it also reminds me of the bids for attention. That's a thing like bids for connection is what you're saying, but bids mm-hmm. for attention are like, very similar in terms of um little actions so if i'm trying to show you a meme that i found and you don't like seem to care mm-hmm. you know that's a, that's a form of i'd like your attention and then i get rejected or i'm like look at the moon it's so beautiful and you're like mm, whatever and you don't i'm like mm-hmm. oh that was a bid for attention and connection yeah and then i'm rejected so it could just be things that don't seem that important and ultimately the actual action might not be, but the feeling of rejection is still very there and very real. Yeah, definitely. If someone is always saying no or rejecting what you're saying or not wanting to do things with you, that I think falls into that rejection category. So it's not, it's not like any extreme of this, I think I would say unhealthy, bad. <laughs> yeah, yes. But I think we all have both of those in us we often will have times where we say no to a bunch of things and often have times where we say yes to a bunch of things whether or not we want to do them or not last time i i neglected to mention that we were actually in the middle of a Mercury retrograde. When I was talking uh, last time about how they're hard for me. Yeah. (laughs) It's like um, we had a conversation (laughs) around how difficult they are. I I wasn't feeling like particularly panic stricken, I think, because it was in the sign of Capricorn. Mm. And um, it really does like depend on the sign for each individual. Really all a Mercury retrograde is, is, a time for pause and rethinking and rewriting plans and yes communication and technology can go awry but that doesn't mean that retrogrades are anything to be afraid of Mm -hmm. just aware of and I like utilizing my awareness of the planets because I find that it gives me kind of like a baseline of how I want to move through the world during this time and I think that retrogrades are like, um, and also like any planet can go retrograde, but um, Mercury in particular, like, is a great time for looking inward and sitting with yourself and, you know, receiving those beautiful downloads and 
<laughs> meditating on your intentions yeah. and it feels to me I've noticed that my auric field feels like it's much wider during those times so maybe during that time I'll like take things a little slower and like spend more time alone so I'm not receiving too much of other people's energies mm. mm-hmm. and yes that makes sense yeah I've been I've been spending a lot of time alone and just like asking myself who am I <laughs> you know, when nobody oh. else is calling for my attention or yeah, when I don't have outside judgment, when, when I'm not setting myself aside for other people's needs. Luckily for you and I, I will say our sons are in the first house, which is the house of the self. And that generally indicates that we have a pretty solid sense of who we are. Not always, um, right? Of <laughs> course, comforting. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, when the noise settles and mm. without the accoutrements, mm-hmm. you you can rest assured that that you know who you truly are. So, oh, oh that's so comforting. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered what that meant because you'll reference it sometime, and then I'm like, I don't know, and then I'll look at my like co-star thing and see yeah. where my planets are. I love that take on Mercury, record. Re- Metro Gatorade. (laughs) (laughs) I love that take because it doesn't have to be big and scary and doom and gloom. I think a lot of stuff is what you make of it, how you go into it, sort of what you're carrying with it and what your expectations are, what your intentions are. And I love the perspective that it's not happening to you, but it's happening for you. Not to be one of those people that's like, all the bad things happen for a reason. But like, I mean, I don't know if you're, <laughs> you're like, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that they do an art because sometimes shitty things happen and it just fucking sucks. Sometimes yeah. things just fucking suck. But I love the perspective of being the captain of your own ship and you are navigating your life the way you want and the the retrogrades can be a time for a pause and to recalibrate and sort of sort out what needs sorting. Mm-hmm. Did you did you have an answer to the who am I? Did you figure it out? Hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling it out. <laughs> yes. and so I was like, it's a big question to just like... Yes. And also like needing to answer it without including anybody else. You know, like saying... Yeah, I'm a good friend or like a good daughter or something like uh, that. Yes, that's I'm very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I actually was having a conversation around this. Who am I the other day? And all of it, so much of it relates to other people or what you do. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I treat other people well or I'm good with other folks or like I'm a good friend or whatever it is. And then I'm a relationship coach or I'm a sex educator. Like it's all related to doing something or interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know quite what it boils down to. And the conversation I was having, um, it was like, well, are we our memories then? Is that what it is? Are we like a soul? Are we a spirit? If we take away our memories, are we the same person? Got mm. into this whole sort of discussion around it. And I am not any clearer <laughs> about it one way or the other. <laughs> So I feel curious around your exploration and it, and I would love to hear more when you um, have some more ideas around it. Definitely. And I also like 
checking in on like what the planets are up to I like knowing the moon phases and I just like I love cycles I think that makes sense actually from what I know about you <laughs> yeah. yeah you seem intrigued by cycles yeah, yeah. I, and I, I don't let them tell me what to do with my life but you know I like being in tune like swaying with the energies of the universe and mm. whatever uh, but <laughs> whatever <laughs> it's like when I do a tarot reading it's I'm not asking the cards what to do with my life I'm looking to the cards to show me what energies that already exist within me that mm. that I should bring forth and like examine during this cycle mm. and this season or this weather because of this retrograde and this time for like pause and revisiting (laughs) I wanted to talk about (laughs) healing and forgiveness and Mm, very topical very topical I liked what you have brought up in the past about taking care of your younger self like looking at baby Mm. pictures and stuff like that oh my god yes Uh, it's so helpful for me me too Especially because mm-hmm. I was so such a cute little baby. <laughs> I literally was thinking about your baby photos today. I was like making <laughs> breakfast, thinking about your fucking cheeks and like how, and you also falling in like the photo series of you falling into that fountain, <laughs> <laughs> running around in my diaper. <laughs> yes, I just was like, oh my god, you're just the cutest. <laughs> I also have this picture of me like getting my first haircut. I think and. I was just, like, crying the whole time because I was like, the scissors are scary. <laughs> the scissors are scary, yeah. <laughs> it was real cute. I can't, yeah, I, I feel like first haircuts are never... No no one likes that. Unless you do it yourself, in which case it's cool, and then you regret it after. <laughs> I feel like I definitely... Before I got it, like, professionally cut, I'm pretty sure my mom probably gave me a bowl cut, so... Yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> I'd do it again. I don't know. So the baby the baby photo thing, it's something that I um think about a lot and then I made a post on Instagram with this baby photo of myself. And it's something that helps me try to be more kind to myself. And it's something I talk about with my therapist as well. I always say little baby me. So if I'm like having big feelings or I feel bad about myself or I'm being mean to myself or, you know, if I look in the mirror and I say something mean about my body or my personality or I'm just not being kind to myself, it's really that I'm speaking, I have to remember that I'm speaking to the little baby me. And so having photos of myself to look at and to reflect on. And when I look at her, I'm like, oh my God, all I want to do is to be kind to her and to hold her and to keep her safe. And I want her to know that she's loved and her thoughts matter. And like, I got her and I have her back. And really like, we are all our little baby selves inside. And especially when we get upset or we get hurt or when we are in arguments with people, if there's conflict, like it's usually little versions of ourselves talking and meeting. And when my feelings get hurt, I'm like, oh, that's little baby me. So that process of trying imagining literally like looking at a photo having a photo that you can reference on the daily if you keep it like near your mirror or something to remind yourself that that is you and to be kind and to be loving and to be compassionate with yourself 
has been very important to me and it sounds like it's been important to you in some ways yeah <laughs> yeah and it's so sweet i love thinking about that because like it's true it is little baby you and little baby me and little just we're all little babies <laughs> <laughs> i baby yeah, I'm bring baby. it back <laughs> Honestly, we're reclaiming bitch and I'm baby for 2023. Simultaneously. <laughs> bitch baby. <laughs> I did want to preface by saying that I don't always resonate with forgiveness because... Ooh, interesting. Okay. It really, it's just like a wording thing, I think. I'm, a, I'm very much a spatial thinker, I would say. So I like visualize stuff a lot and like... When I visualize forgiveness, it doesn't resonate with me the same as, like, saying letting go, which is, you know, it could be the same thing. Oh. But uh, I think that what it represents more physically for me, just, it feels better to say letting go. Or, like, how you, you have put it before, like, giving something permission to belong or to just be what it is mm -hmm. I think that resonates with me as well but um, mm -hmm. my psychic once said <laughs> that she <laughs> thought <laughs> that oh, forgiveness okay. was overrated um, oh. mm. uh, honestly I should start a Instagram page like like my therapist says but <laughs> instead call it my psychic says <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute <laughs> uh, but when she said that I was like uh huh okay cool forgiveness yeah don't need it <laughs> don't need it <laughs> who is she <laughs> yeah but when i actually thought about it it made me think of the concept of your inner being and how mm. your inner being isn't back there like it's not mm. it's never looking back at the past your inner being is always mm. looking forward and looking out for you and your inner being always knows what's best it's what it is to be connected to source energy and you don't need to forgive yourself because you've done nothing wrong and you're too in this moment as someone who definitely as i discussed in la the last episode i get a little too stuck in the past or like hung up on like what went wrong back there <laughs> yeah and just like for me personally i don't like giving power and momentum to things that already happened like i mm. try not to because like i do think that people can get caught up in using the past as too much of an excuse for, Ooh, for sure. how they are and yeah. it's very yes. important for me to fill up the now with new things instead of old mm. because like there's only so yeah. much that you can like hold <laughs> at one time and yeah realistically i also think that we need to stop thinking of ourselves as like endless self-empowerment projects because yeah Oh. Our self-worth should be inherent, and it's oh my God, not determined yeah. by how healed we are. I think about that a lot. Yeah, all this, like, makes a fucking ton of sense to me, actually. 
And I love the way that you've specifically talked about your feelings around forgiveness. When you um, said it a moment ago, as what you're thinking about talking about with the Mercury retrograde, I don't know why (laughs) I cannot say that word today. Um, You said forgiveness, and I immediately like had a little bit of a reaction to it because I also don't super resonate with it, and I feel like it can be overused and in terms of how you're supposed to conduct yourself or the way that you're supposed to move forward or heal uh, it's like oh the only appropriate way to do that is if you forgive and it's good for you and it's good for them or maybe it's not good for them but just good for you like I think there's a lot of conversations around it that lack the nuance of what actually works for people so hearing how you described it as letting go and giving the permission for it to exist that makes so much more sense to me the letting go of it because I have a hard time for some reason either like forgiving people trying to wrap around because I think that I'm trying to justify something I'm trying to figure something out to justify it to forgive either myself or someone else instead of just like like letting go you know or that doesn't necessitate that I need to be figuring anything out it's just then I'm making a choice to no longer continue to carry it with me in the same capacity that I have been Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's not quite something that I figured out how to word before you said it. So I was like, ah, <laughs> as you were talking, I just pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things really resonating. And the idea behind people being these continuous projects, I'm super like that. I'm always like, well, one day I'll be worthy of love when I'm like perfect. You know, I have this fucking whole grand idea about it and realistically that is like that can be so much more harmful to being in this moment and being present and being loved and loving people and like actually showing up because when I hold on to all of these things that I haven't forgiven myself for then I tend to be more anxious you know if I'm holding on to not hanging out with someone like let's say with us I'm holding on to not hanging out with you as much as I'd like and I'm thinking now I'm a bad friend and I'm letting that like reflect be a reflection of myself and my personhood Hmm. and I am not forgiving myself or not letting go of it or not allowing the space to then like be in this moment and choose other things those things will hold me back from showing up the way that I want to so yeah the person the personhood thing is like you are worthy you're inherently worthy as you are And, you know, I'm like a self-exploration, self-project queen, but really coming to the idea that you are lovable as you are, you are worthy as you are, even though there are things that I'm sure we all want to work on, you don't have to wait to be loved. You don't have to wait to be lovable. You don't have to wait to be worthy. You just, you are worthy now. You're lovable now. So it's totally like <laughs> this thing that I'm on right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, I and I've been doing like mirror work too, a lot of it. So I, I look at myself in the eyes. I try to do it every day, but I don't remember. So I try to do it as often as I think of it. And I spend a lot of time just looking at myself and saying like, you're like, I love you so much. I am so happy to be here with you. One of my favorite ones is I would choose to do every lifetime with you. Like, all these very, like, loving Aww. notions. Yeah, <laughs> no. I know. And I'm like, yeah. I feel happy and happy yeah. to be me and connected. Instead of being so, like, looking at myself and thinking, oh, I have this laundry list of things that I need to work on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there in the back of my head. But that's not, like, my inherent human worth. 
Mm -hmm. And I also like the idea of what you're saying with being connected to source and spirit, that they're not looking behind you, holding on to all of these things. I suppose, I don't know what it would be then, is just like our the human side to us, the human connection, I don't know, the animalistic or something, mm-hmm. but how our spirit is looking for the best for us and wants us to move forward. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really neat because I hadn't thought about it like that. I'll have to explore that thought more because I was like, oh, that's very, I'm curious about that. Like, I find psychology very fascinating and, and I, I think it's really cool, the studies they've done on understanding how and why we are the way we are but at the same time I do think that sometimes at least maybe in maybe in a therapy setting like a talk therapy setting and not to also not to discredit clinical psychology or you know talk therapy or anyone who is in therapy in fact most of my friends are (laughs) so yeah I know you are but I do think that sometimes it can really focus on like really hone in on all of these things that are wrong and kind of like get people in the mindset of like look at all this stuff I have to fix um Mm. And sometimes I think psychology can be hyper-focused on the individual and not always get to, like, the root of the the issue or, like, maybe neglect the bigger picture. That's why I think, like, psychology and sociology hand-in-hand are dope. Yes. I see what you're saying. And like recognizing that, you know, we live in a society. Like, yeah, period. Nothing, yeah, period. <laughs> nothing happens in a vacuum, ultimately. And because everyone is encouraged to be in therapy, everyone should be in therapy. And a lot of people are. It's like, whoa, actually, like, what is causing everyone to need fucking therapy? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, do you, do you have any sort of thoughts on how psychologists or therapists could go about it? Any in a way that included that. Uh, (laughs) I was like, well, how do you think it should be done then? (laughs) You're like, oh, well, that's not what I was saying. You know, maybe I'm the problem. (laughs) Literally me. me, (laughs) Literally (laughs) me saying there's a problem with this thing and not having a solution. Like, (laughs) Well, no, I I honestly do not think that's problematic. I think it's totally cool and fine to have critical thought without having a solution because that seems like of a laborious burden that no once again one individual should be having to figure out i wanted to comfort you in that way because i'm someone who has a lot of like this is wrong or this needs help and don't have any sort of ideas on how to make it better the problem with (laughs) millennials we're just like (laughs) look at all this shit that's fucked up (laughs) this is bad so someone else fix it (laughs) so Thinking about forgiving our past selves or letting go of things our past selves did, there are some layers to that it would behoove us to hold on to just in terms of knowing what you do and do not want and learning how to behave differently and hopefully like choose different things. Then there are parts of that that can be detrimental if we're holding on to them too strongly you know and not being able to let ourselves actually let go or forgive ourselves or grieve whatever happened you know it's like that holding on to the things can one make us feel worse about ourselves in the long run or can just sort of hurt your relationship with yourself but there's definitely like learning that comes from it 
you know, and I was telling you a little bit about this earlier, thinking about my little sister and like her choice in dating people. And I was like, I'm so stressed out. Like she dates, you know, she's interested in these people who aren't good for her. But I was telling her that, well, hopefully you grow out of it. And when you're older, you'll realize like those people are scrubs and like, you don't want to date them because they're basically like, you'll have to just raise all these men like they're your son. And um, I like what you said. You're just like, well, that is sort of the process of it. Like that is what happens. You know, we make decisions and grow out of them. And I know that coming from a place where I have dated, you know, a decent amount of unsavory people, I think later in my life allowed me to feel more comfortable dating people who weren't good for me or I ended up in um, really abusive relationships or dynamics. And even if they weren't abusive, there's a lot of unhealthy dynamics and normalizing that for myself. And I think in part, I have trouble sometimes with letting go and forgiving myself for putting myself in situations or for making the choices that I did. And it can affect the way that I show up for myself or want to show up or like find my worth in relationship with other people. Because if I'm sitting here thinking that I'm bad because of my choices, it's harder for me to feel worthy of other people's love. Mm-hmm. That is something that I've noticed come up a lot for me recently that I'm like, oh, well, you know, because of these ways that I feel like I have fucked up and I still am holding on to or have felt less able to really release or process or let go of or forgive myself or actually have that compassion for myself then can feel small and like I don't trust myself and that I'm not like worthy or worthwhile or why would people want to see the good in me when I've done so many bad things Yeah. when realistically the bad things I'm even referring to are not like even terrible things you know it's like I was talking to my therapist I'm like what if I get blacklisted from the jujitsu community because I like fuck up this coaching session you know and she's like whoa like that is that's like so extreme she's like unless you're doing like evil things that are intentionally bad you know or like multiple times I think you'll be fine and that I think is just a can be applied to a greater a more macroscopic scale in my life where I'm not out here doing evil things Mm -hmm. I'm mostly doing things that I'm just keep holding on to and feel embarrassed about or feel bad about but I'm not actually doing anything bad or evil but Mm -hmm. I am holding on to them so tightly that I then make them about my personhood instead of an experience and learning and letting go it's an experience and learning and now it's it's about me that I'm fucked up or bad or whatever Mm mm-hmm As I've talked about before in being the kind of person who holds on to the past and like holds on to what went wrong and what I, you know, could have said better or like didn't say, wish I would have said, I definitely have been the kind of person to like hold on to when, I don't know, I didn't act the way I wanted to or I just messed up a an interaction or I didn't act the most maturely and kind of beat myself up over it. I mean, (laughs) my mom always said that she never had to be strict with me because I was always my own tiger mom. (laughs) Yeah, this this, like level of moral perfectionism that we hold ourselves to is just really fucking exhausting. Yeah. And definitely 
all of all of these things that we find are challenging or negative or whatever that we're holding on to or are all really smart parts of ourselves that are here to be protective in some way so it's trying like it's trying to help but it is currently you're like okay like i understand what you're doing we're on the same team but the way you're going about it is not super duper serving me anymore or in this moment and like just it's that level the moral perfectionism is the thing that i keep coming back to recently it's just like ah, oh, it's so much especially if you're holding on to it all the time and i know that we've talked about it before and you like go over interactions in your head a lot and say so do why and it's just like whoo like what is this level that we're holding ourselves to mm-hmm. yeah and i am seeing now that it's sort of hypocritical of me because i have this like big thing against cancel culture and how <laughs> <laughs> how important like redemption is and yeah you know like allowing people the space to learn from their mistakes and not always be labeled as this one thing or like just allow them to make mistakes mm-hmm. and which i'm totally on board with yes you have your whole life to fuck up and learn from it and i think mm-hmm. that everyone should have the the space to to do that be given the space to do that but for some reason <laughs> i don't allow myself that space sometime i mean yes I, every, everyone but you yeah right <laughs> i think as i've gotten older i've uh lessened my tiger mom grip on myself but <laughs> still yeah comes through yes of course <laughs> of course you know and it's not about like totally getting rid of these parts of yourself or making them wrong or bad either you know you don't have to cancel yourself for not canceling your tiger mom quite enough (laughs) you know like it's all right you can it's it's fine (laughs) you can just this can be a thing that we approach a little bit more neutrally maybe instead of value placing it so much Mm -hmm. because it is a part of you and the point of doing all of this work and the self-work and growing is not to get rid of parts of you but to show them a little more compassion and kindness and be like okay that actually that exists that's real my tiger mom thing is real and it like it's here and how do i love myself anyways Mm -hmm. anyway it's been very sweet (laughs) (laughs) this conversation around like (laughs) the zoning parts of yourself it's always sweet with us right (laughs) it's always sweet in our sweet brains but we'll see you when we see you i'm not gonna make the promise that it's next week but maybe it'll be next week might be next week might be the week after keep them guessing (laughs) keep you on your toes thank you for listening to our wonderful listeners this has been sweet brain podcast and we love to tell you our thoughts bye (laughs) bye